my top five podcasters, Chris, 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 Chris Lambert, and probably myself, but this ain't about that. The mundane festival is where you at. If you've been tapped in, you know what's up. If you're a first-timer, hey, welcome to the club. The cost of admission is simply a subscription. Then rating and reviewing it wherever you're listening. Don't worry about change-ups. The cast won't break up. Even with that million-dollar contract, show up a stand-up guy who's a stand-up comedian with a stance on everything from food to media. So welcome to the show. Please take your seat. Let's find out what he's got in store this week. Who, me? I'm Don. Will you open the act? Thanks for coming out. Please clap. The Mundane Festival with your host, Chris Lambert. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Mundane Festival Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lamberth, recording this episode for Sunday, July 16th, 2023. Remember, as always, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening apparatus. If you're really into this thing, go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you rate and review your favorite podcast. Give this show a five-star review. Let everybody know why you like it, because it's simply the right thing to do. And if you would like to take your love and appreciation of this show to an even deeper level, go over to patreon.com slash mundane festival and subscribe. It's three bucks a month for hours and hours and hours of bonus content. This is episode 660. There's no guest. It's just me recording this early on a relative, pretty early on a Saturday, but not too early. It's about a quarter to nine on a Saturday morning. I got up early. Insomnia was fighting with me, was picking on me, was trying to be a bully. I got up. I got on the exercise bike. I took a shower. I put on my beard uh, oil. And um, I'm sitting in front of my computer recording another high-quality podcast for the hundreds of you who listen to this show. Uh, So, so far, so good. It's starting out to be a pretty day. It's really nice outside so far. A couple days ago, we had, well, yesterday we had some thunderstorms and a lot of rain, which is good because rain makes things grow. Um, It keeps the world strong, keeps the earth strong and growing. How do you like that? Is that a Flintstones, part of the Flintstones commercial? I think it is. I didn't know where that was coming from. But sometimes those things happen on a high-quality podcast, such as this one that you're listening to right now. Um, I had a pretty interesting week. TPS reports by day, that that's fine. Learning and growing there. Um, I went to see Erica Badu on Tuesday night at the Prudential Center. Uh, I went with a good uh, comedian pal, Justin Williams, one of the hosts of the Fraudsters podcast um, and the host of the Brick City Comedy Review, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, It was so much fun. Erica Badu was, I would say, 
I saw her, I want to say in 2008, I believe. Um, and that was arguably one of the best shows that I've ever been to. One of the best concerts that I've ever been to. She crushed it. She was amazing. I went to see her at Radio City. She was headlining and uh, the roots opened. This had to be 2008. If I can get, I, I was looking it up on Wikipedia to see um, what the name of that tour was. And I think I can get it for you. Um, I believe it was the Vortex World Tour that I saw. And the roots opened and they crushed it. They did this, um, they did this version of one of my favorite songs of theirs. Well, at least one of my favorite songs on that Rising Down album, Criminal. And just the way they did it was just fucking amazing. I, and I don't think I've never heard it that played that way again. Uh, I think that might have been the last time that I saw them live. But anyway, they crushed it. And me and a buddy were sitting in the balcony. And then they had this intermission. The Roots crushed it. They did their thing. And uh, this guy just like randomly walks up to me and my buddy and uh he was like hey um hey i just came here to see the roots so do you guys want these tickets and he had tickets to the floor so me and my buddy went on went to the floor uh got to see erica badu up close she was incredible and just like cinderella i had to leave because i had to catch the late bus and it's only because i didn't at that time i had been in the city for maybe a year and I didn't really know about the trains or buses or if I should have driven in and all that stuff. So me just being a novice to the whole scene, the whole layout, um, I may I, I missed the last part of her uh, show. Um, but that was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had uh, watching the just somebody performing uh, like that a great musical performance so fast forward to this past tuesday i'm excited um i was a little bummed because no i'm not gonna well no yes am i gonna do i was seeing somebody and we're not seeing anybody i'm not we're not seeing each other anymore and i think hindsight is 2020 if i had noticed some of the red flags i did notice them but i decided to not concern myself with them as much (laughs) it ended um how much do i want to say but it still sucks and I think it ended for the best. I think I it my if you have supportive friends, so you fucking dodged a bullet, bro. Or you dodged a bullet, Chris. Um, and they're probably right. And I, I think they are. My heart knows my brain knows that they're right. My heart's kinda like, ah yeah. But it's all coming out in my stand up. It's all being processed in a positive way. But it, it still sucks when you like somebody and they don't put forth the effort to uh, it just it just sucks 
it sucks when you break up with somebody, even if it's only been for even when it's only been for a little bit. So I was kind of bummed out about that. I was carrying that with me a little bit. Uh, And also, Yasin Bey, the artist formerly known as Most Def, was there. Um, And uh, that was that was amazing to see because I I didn't even think I didn't even think he was going to show up, to be honest with you. And ju- that's what Justin and I were. Th- I was like, dude, I don't know if he fucking shows up. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just not sure if this guy's gonna come. I don't know, because I was supposed to see, uh, I was supposed to see him with the person I'm no longer seeing uh, about a little over a month ago, and they canceled all the shows, and so I was like bummed out. I was like. I think I've told this story before. I probably have, but uh, I was supposed to go see... My very first Broadway show that I went to see was Top Dog Underdog in 2002. It was going to be when he was then most deaf and Jeffrey Wright. Well, Jeffrey Wright was there, and he was amazing. Uh, And I didn't get to see most deaf. His understudy went on. It was a Saturday matinee show. Uh, And the understudy crushed... And, um, yeah, you know what? I should, I should take a divergence and try to get that understudy's name. And I I think I'm going to do that. You got time. You're listening to this. Why not? It's early. It's early on a Saturday, relatively early on a Saturday morning. I'm going to see if I can find the cast. 2002 production internet broadway database okay let's see if we can get if we can get the understudies here opening night cast so most def played booth jeffrey wright played lincoln and the understudy for most def was an actor named jeremiah w burkett and he was phenomenal he was terrific. Okay, let me see if if I can get anything else on him. This is just the, the I Yeah, that was him. Jeremiah Burkett. He's been on he was on Sherman Oaks. He's been on them. He's been in a lot of stuff. But I I yeah, he fucking crushed. He was great. But 22-year-old Chris, who was just about to go... Oh, he's on Snowfall. He played John Baxter on Snowfall. He's been in a lot of stuff. So, you know, he's done some really cool shit. So, I was just kind of... I was just like, okay, that was 20... Almost a little over 20 years ago. He disappointed me. And he disappointed me in a few months. a few months ago. Uh, when he didn't show, when they canceled the shows, all the shows they were doing shows that supposed to do shows at the Blue Note in the in downtown. They were going to be at Sony Hall for a couple nights, and then they were going to be at Brooklyn Bowl in Philly. And I remember calling Brooklyn Bowl in Philly, uh, saying, "Hey, you know, are you guys going to still do? The, are they still coming? Is Black Star still coming?" And the lady was like, "I don't know. As far as I know, they are, but." I think that weekend I had a show or something, but uh, it was it was a bummer. Um, 
So where was I? So 22-year-old Chris was disappointed. That was right before I went to grad school. But Jeffrey Wright was amazing. I, you know, and uh, yeah. So, and then before that, the opener, we got there kind of late because I went to pick Justin up and um, he had to wait for his wife to get home to take care uh, of their adorable son. And um, so as we were getting in there, the opener for both of them was this guy named Duran Bernard. And uh, this motherfucker sung his ass off. We probably caught the last maybe 10 minutes of his set. But this guy has a, an amazing voice. Um, he's terrific. And uh, he's got a tiny desk that I need to check out. Um, so, so after that, there's a bit of a break. And Yasin Bey comes on stage. And it was so cool to see him. Uh, I had seen him, I want to say 2003. So like a year or two later, whenever the Cubs were in that uh, NLCS, when they, the Steve Bartman catch. Let me just, I like to be exact. Steve Bartman. That was 2003. So yeah, I was right. October of 20, of 2003. And I remember when they were at that um, when they were at that game because I lived in Wrigleyville. I lived minutes away from Wrigleyville just by walking. And uh, I remember the Cubs. They were like, Cubs? I was like, ah, we're going to see most deaf, dude. I don't know what the fuck you're... And it was at the, the Metro uh, was the venue that he played. And it was just as he was fucking amazing. So like 20 years later, this dude's almost 50. And he was great. Um, he was great. It was, it was, it was really good to see him. So he did about a half hour. Then, you know, Erica Badu, um, first her band comes on and they're jamming for a good 10 minutes or so. And she comes on, on and the, the crowd just fucking goes crazy. And I, I lean over to Justin somewhere in the show. And I had to be a nerd and pull out my phone a couple times. I'm not above it, but, like, I wouldn't do it the whole fucking show. But there's certain moments that were just, like, so cool that I had to do it. But um, I turned to Justin. And I'm saying, like, is it possible to be to sell out arenas and be underrated? And he was like, no, Chris. No, it's not. And I was just like, yeah, I guess that's true. But it's just she kind of stays out of the media spotlight. She's like 52. Um, Yeah, how old is she? I think she's like 52. She's beautiful. She's tiny. I think she's kind of a tiny woman. And her voice is just so powerful to just fill that arena and I'm and I'm giving high praise to a friend of the podcast, uh, Claire Wellen, who I saw the last show that I saw before the pandemic, which was December of 2019. Uh, she's playing with this band called San Fermin, and Claire Wellen is a tiny, tiny white woman, and Brooklyn Steel is this huge warehouse 
factory of a venue and the way that she was filling filled that place with her voice was just incredible and um the same with erica badu but it's just like the vocal control the poise the showmanship uh the spectacle of it all but at the core was just a really talented yeah, a really talented band, but the band leader just is Erica Badu just being this like she's a a fucking force of nature, and she crushed it on a Tuesday night. It was it was something to behold. If you get the chance to see her on tour, if she's coming in, into your town, the last leg of this tour, whatever. I don't know how long this is going on for, but. It's it's amazing. She's she's really just and you kind and she has so many great songs. She hasn't really put anything out new since 2015 and to just carry that catalog. She didn't even it's she really didn't even touch the iceberg. Get the tip of that. What is it? it? She did over probably a little over an hour and a half, I want to say. And just like didn't there was more she could have done if she wanted to. Um and really the studio albums, there's five. And then the live live album, there's a couple mixtapes. I don't even think I've heard these twenty fifteen mixtapes, to be honest with you. Um but I remember like Bottoism was good. Mama's Gun was like to me, like if I'm looking at the track list on, yeah, you got the next lifetime rim shot. Yeah, sir. I mean, pretty fucking hard. That's a hell of a fucking debut. But I thought, I thought Mama's Gun was better. I th- I really do. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Mama's Gun was better. And then Worldwide Underground like yeah, like this album's 54 minutes long, but like I remember like Bump It was like 8 minutes and 49 seconds. <laughs> I Want You is uh 10 minutes and 53 seconds. I remember these shit. They, I, it's so fucking good, man. She's so great. Just ah, just a phenomenal artist, and really, she just didn't didn't. It wasn't even the tip of the iceberg that night. I think she probably could have gone. Not to say that I. I mean, the show had to end at some point, but I mean, she just. It was just a nice. It was a nice take. She left, kind of left everybody wanting more. Just and then just the little thing that she did to end the show. She was like, "I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna hit this high note, and then we're gonna go." <laughs> oh my god, she's so fucking great! Like that. That was just. Um, I was glad that I put money down to go see her because I, I was just like, "Well, I, you know, it, it was kind of like, oh, she's gonna be, she's gonna be in town. Um, I know she's playing the garden." And I was asking a friend at one point, I was like, are you are you going to see, what do you like? Do you like MSG better or do you like Prudential? She's like, I like Prudential. 
this one one of my friends. I was like, yeah, I think you're right. And the tickets were cheaper too. And I guess because it was on a Tuesday, I don't know, or it's just cheaper to get tickets for for the Prudential Center. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was great. It was such a she was a terrific singer. And what happened after the show, uh, as we were walking out, that was something that I'll save for a a screenplay. Uh, it has nothing bad to do with. Justin. Justin was actually uh, a kind soul for uh, helping me get through that, helping me get through something that uh, happened after the show. But um, I don't know who you never even though there's hundreds of people that listen to this, you never know. You never know who's who's going to who's going to listen. But it was a great night and um, I was glad that I went. I, I want to go to more shows if I can. I want to uh, I want to go to more live shows. Uh, so I want to try to do that as much as I can, as time and 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 money uh, per, permit. Is it this permit? Not permit. Permit. I think. Yeah. So I would like to do more of that. It's always a good time. Got to see Bill Burr, Erica Badu. So I'm. I'm have some pretty good, uh, great performers to to have seen this year, and I saw Sky Zoo. I've been listening to listening to that Mind of a Saint a lot lately. I've been liking that. Um, I'll talk about some new music a little later. Um, I did Justin's show, uh, Brick City Comedy Review. I get to do that once a year. It's at the Kilkenny Ale House uh, in in Newark, and it. Uh, it was a great time. I did a bunch of new stuff, um, and I like the way it went. It can be shaped and molded into something more refined, but um, it was fun. Like I, I was talking to Lemon about it on on this past week's episode, and it felt good to be doing it at that level and 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 putting myself out there as an artist. Um, so it's always fun to do that show. It's so funny. Like Justin's a great host, and um, as I was getting ready to to go on, I, he was bringing me up. He's just about to bring me up. This woman, I don't know if she's. I think she was kind of drunk. I'm trying to make my way to the stage, and this woman's like in my way. I was like, "Lady, I'm about to go on stage." She was like trying to like get to her seat. I was like, "Late, I'm about to go on stage." Just kind of get i didn't push her or anything but i i just like kind of gently held her there and like you know it was fine and then i did my i did my set fucking crushed it and then uh and then after the show she comes up i'm so sorry i was like it's okay she's like no i'm it's it's fine get your drunk ass away from me it's totally fine so it was um it was fun. It was a fun night. And one of my buddies from grad school came out to the show, and that was nice. And then we went to um, Top's Diner. Food was fine. The ambiance was really sexy. I was just, the it was just like R&B, like early 2000s, late 90s R&B. Uh, as me and my buddy were walking out. They were playing Nothing Even Matters, D'Angelo and Lauren Hill. I was like, damn, this is really sexy. 
The only thing about that place, the place looks great. I remember going there on a date like years ago and it was just, it was totally different. Like they just got this makeover uh, and it was just really like a nice, nice fucking place. Um, it was good. Food was, food was, I got an omelet. My buddy got like chicken and tenders and chicken and waffles or whatever. I don't know. Am I being more, I guess it's because I can make really good omelets and I was like, I could do that, but I season, I, 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 I put, I'm like, I'm like, uh, I'm like, I'm like carmy when I make my omelets. I, my joints, my joints are pretty good, man. I, you know, ain't nobody really competing with, you know, with the way I, I put my omelets together. But so I'm let me cut them some slack. It was nice. I had a good time. Only thing about that place is that it closes early. All these places um, since the pandemic have just they close late now. They, I mean, they close early. The places that you think would be open for 24 hours. There is a diner near me that is good. Coach House that's good. They, they, they stay open all the time. But uh, I've noticed even in the city, the city that never sleeps, some of these diners, you know, they close at 10. I remember one time, uh, this past week's guest, uh, Damian Lemon, we, were, we, were, we did a show together. And we were looking for a place. We were walking around like Times Square. Couldn't find anything. And then we found, we stumbled upon a Mexican spot. I think it was in Hell's Kitchen. I, I don't remember, but yeah, it was like, and they were like, we we're about to close. It's like, God damn, okay, shit. You know, but they served us. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a different, it's a different beast. Um, but that, and that was even before the pandemic. So that time we did that show together. Um, I'm rambling too much, but Erica Badu was great. Had a great time doing uh, Justin's show at the last week, a week before last. I got a car. I'm happy about that. Um, that yes, it's more. It's uh, another bill, but uh, I need it. I needed it. So uh, it it uh, it is what it is. But uh, I'm 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 happy. Um, the car buying experience—it's just stressful when you know you got to pay the bill. If you got pretty decent credit, they they looking at some of the, the credit report that they pulled. I was like, they're like, oh, you—they say you missed a payment, a car payment here. I said, look, I have the title for the vehicle in my in my hand in my backpack right now. I can show it to you i the car's fucking paid off it just like I, I i just i did not like that and so it's like you you never know what until you really look at it i'm not super financial a financial guru but i'm in the process of getting my my shit together i think i'm a, i'm just a fucking work in progress i think that's what we all are but i am i definitely am i don't have it figured out I guess that's why nobody emails me with questions because they're like, Chris, you're a fucking mess. <laughs> I don't want any advice from him or anything like that. I don't know. Maybe you just like my opinions on movies and music. Who knows? I don't know why you listen, but I appreciate the hundreds of you that listen to this thing. And the, and the, the early 30, 
two of you that lit support that's good it's pretty good uh what else um oh the sag aftra strike we're striking all the people you you see on your facebook and your social media they're all striking i hope this shit gets resolved most people say it's gonna be some people say it's by the fall hopefully um I saw Amanda Seals, friend of the podcast, before she blew up on uh, Insecure. I really liked what she... Oh, shit. Hold on. I really liked what she had to say. Um, I'm gonna, And I'm going to post that. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping... And I'll, after, after I play Amanda Seals' um, Instagram post... I'll talk I'll talk a little bit about it but she had I really like what she had to say about this and here we go hopefully this is loud enough and you can hear it I know it may not seem like it but there are very few actors who are actually wealthy then there are some actors who are rich but for the most part the actors that make up the entertainment industry are working check to check I was super duper fortunate to, at the age of 35, land on a television show that ended up being iconic. And it afforded me the opportunity to get financial stability for the first time in my life. I have been an actress since I was eight years old. I've been at Screen Actors Guild since 1994. Acting did not afford me financial stability till I was 35. This is because the industry itself is not made for actors. It's not made for crew. It's not made for creatives. The industry is made for the industry. The creatives and the actors are deciding, well, we have to protect ourselves. But that's not for everybody. And it shouldn't have to be because ultimately the business that is betting on the business that is created from what we're doing should actually support us. So I say all that to say that as you're watching people on their feeds talking about the writer strike with the WGA, the Writers Guild of America, and the now actor strike with SAG, the Screen Actors Guild of America slash AFTRA, what you're seeing is the people who are making the shows you love, the movies you love, the projects that you love, saying, hey, we know that you execs got money because people love this work and they love this work not because of you, but because of us. And so we should get to reap the benefits that you guys are reaping. Labor unions are created because laborers are exploited. And that happens in every field when it comes to capitalism. Union strong. That was great. I really, I agree with everything she said 100%. And I always try to kind of break the the myth of, if any, if this podcast, I've said it so many times, if this podcast is anything, it's uh, it's the audio diary of a guy who is has a day job, does and is in show business, does comedy when they let me, when they let me on set, <laughs> I'll I'll act, and I think that's what it is. It's like there's some people are fortunate enough to not have to have a day job to support themselves and their families and and whatnot and to pay their bills 
Um, it's a it's a very small percentage of people who are in that upper echelon. And, um, you know, I think she said in the caption, there's a huge difference between being a working actor and Tom Cruise. You know, Mission Impossible is out this week. We'll talk about that. But there's a there's a wide gulf. You know, in between the working actor and and those one percenters, um, I was didn't become SAG until I want to say twenty. I booked my first SAG gig. I think that might have been 2016, 2017. I'd have to look at my card, but I think it's like, it's around 20, when when I shot, the first thing I shot was, uh, for a SAG gig, was Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which is the episode I got cut out of, that was 20, 2017, I want to say, and Can You Ever Forgive Me was 2017, it didn't come out till 28, yeah, so I became SAG 2017. And before then, I was doing theater. I was auditioning for stuff. I was doing non-union things. I was 37 when I got my first SAG role. And when you get into, you start booking. If you keep booking, you're going to be what's called a must-join. And you have to drop down, I think it's I think it's three grand, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I, I talk about I forget how much it is. It's a certain amount, and you have to you have to get it. And because I did everybody, I did the that last OG performance in that in that show, and I had to. Um, they wouldn't let me perform until I paid my dues, but they gave me like a a waiver or something. Then I had to pay right after I shot it and all that, and that helps me. That helps me. Uh, sorry, I dropped the thing. That helped me when you get residuals and insurance, but I didn't need the insurance. Uh, but one day I might if I decide to go all in, if I if I book enough to to leave a day job. But those gigs are few and far between. You know, if you look at my IMDb, like it, there's cons- I don't even, let's look at my IMDb. Why not? Let's look at Chris. I haven't looked at it in two hours (laughs) no that's not true um let me see let me look at it of all these these credits yeah they start like i've filmed a bunch of stuff in in 2017 2018 and then when they come out you know you don't have they usually come out six months to a year or so later like there's there's people that are still my cousin hit me up on facebook and said were you was that you in new amsterdam i was like yeah that's me um pretty consistently since there's stuff on the board since i became sag but those gigs were all i did i did have a stretch where i was doing a filming a lot and uh that that was that's fucking awesome but it's like few and far between that. And I'm, I'm some people, people on the outside looking in like, wow, this guy's fucking killing it, bro. But I'm, I'm proud of everything that I've done. Um, I think it's, you know, it's cool. I'm living my childhood dream. 
obviously, do I want to do more? Of course I do. But <coughs> people, there's a lot of people that don't work as much as me. And then when you finally get something, you want to be compensated for that. And that's the same for the writers. It's not just because you're a writer. Not it, it, there's a different there's a different gulf between being somebody who's a a writer who who who's who's on getting on getting shows all the time to someone who has to figure out what their next gig's gonna be. There's a hierarchy in all within all of this shit. You know, it, it's uh, it's hard. This is a it's a hard business, especially when you don't have any entree into the industry. I don't have any family members that that are at least that I know of. I th- I think I'm loosely related to uh, uh, Jester Hairston, who was on on my mother's side, who was in Amen. But I never, I never met him. Um, but I never, I never met him, and and I don't, I don't know who knew him or how, how we were all related and whatnot. But never met the guy. But other than that, there, I always say when I get on my high horse, there was nobody, nobody who helped in that regard. So all this, all these credits that that you see if you look at my imdb imdb page is because i went to those auditions somebody got me the audition to go in i went and i stood in line or i waited waited in the waiting room and drove from my took time off from my day job drove over an hour to the audition in lower manhattan and got the fucking job and that's what it is so that's that's what you call getting it out the mud. Um, and I'm proud of that shit. But I could be compensated more. Now this stuff is on streaming. You want to get compensated for this. There's no metrics for it. So now now they have to figure that out. And I hope they I hope they do and they do it soon. And it just so happens that last week, I'm not gonna go into a lot of details about this but i had this really big audition i had to turn in a really big audition for an that's in a in a big time movie which off the rip is gonna be considered for oscars you can just look at who's directing it who wrote it who's in the cast and it's like they are going for trophies and it's a it's a small part for a guy my type in a in a few scenes that keep the that keep the story going they probably can't cut me out if and I turned in the audition for two roles in that movie one is bigger than the other I hope it's for the big part on the day that the strike was about to happen my manager says chris they want to check your availability and i said whenever they fucking shoot it i will be there because it's a movie with 
someone who women think, uh, who people, who people think is a heartthrob, eyes will be on this bitch. Eyes will be on this movie. And I was looking, and they, and sometimes when you, when you get a breakdown of, uh, for an audition, you get the email and it shows you how much you get paid. And I looked at how much I could get possibly get paid or what could be negotiated. Even if it was, if it was slightly below the highest point, it would still be a lot of money. It would be a nice, comfortable cushion for me to pay some bills, get some shit that my mom wants done to the house, pay some bill bills off. Maybe go on a nice trip somewhere. Have a vacation that I've never had. That's the thing that Amanda Seals was talking about. Having this opportunity to be financially stable. And because this stuff is few and far between, when you get these, for a working actor, when you get these gigs, you want to be stable until your next gig. And so you can save, actually really save some fucking money. And just live a decent life. Like it's like Lemon and I were talking about last week. You you do this because you love doing it. We love making people laugh, love entertaining people, and just the whole process of performing and 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 acting, whether it be through rehearsal, through the performance, and all that stuff. But you want to be compensated properly for that. And there's been times like being in and the union does help. My dad was in a, in a labor union. My mother was at a private firm, but that was something that was really important to him. My dad, uh, if you go to the, the episode that he did um, on the on the show, he was talking about that. He used to I think he talked about it on the here where he would make sure people would sign up for the union so they could get their teeth fixed so they can get medical attention and everything that they needed. It's it's really important. And there's times where it's like, oh, you get a residual check from something. It's like, oh, oh, I can I can get groceries from this shit. I can feed myself from the work that I've done, the work that I've dreamt about doing as a kid. I can feed myself. I can pay a bill. I can buy dinner for a, a lovely young woman. That's what it's about. You know, so I hope that they get this shit figured out. So if the peop these people that are doing this movie that want to check my availability can say, up, oh, let's book this guy and let's 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 get this money. Let's let's continue to build a career. You know, like that's that's what it's about, man. So I don't know. It, it was funny because like I, I was talking to my manager about this and I, I in 2020, I felt like comedically that I was turning a corner. And then the pandemic happened and everything shut down, not not to say like, oh, I'm going to be famous, just like, oh, I really feel good about where I'm at as a comic, where I, where I am as a comic, you know really feel like the growth and all that stuff just artistically not like oh you're gonna be fucking famous 
But then the pandemic stops. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to, you know, be around people and try to die for this shit. So I sat down. And um, now I feel like I'm getting back to that. Hopefully things things are in things are in the works for things to change comedically. Maybe there maybe there will be more opportunities for me to perform. I'm hoping for that. Um, and I hope I hope they get this shit figured out because it would be really nice to uh, do a part like that that I'm being considered for, and to do it to do even more. Um, but if this is an unprecedented time. Um, and I hope they figure it out. I hope everybody can just get get more of that pie so we can keep putting out great work. This has been a lot of great things that have come out in the past few years. And there's some, some stuff that are in the works that I would like to be a part of and I would like to uh, contribute my talents to. So I hope they figure this shit out. I hope this isn't uh, a JL jinx. That's that's all. I just I'm I'm hoping that I, <laughs> I'm hoping that we can all uh, get back to work and uh, keep keep creating. All right. So I think that's that's all. Oh, I know that Kiki Palmer shit was going around. Uh, I'm not an acolyte of T.K. Kirkland. I do like a lot. Of, I I do like him. I think he's funny. I think he had the best take on it. It's like Usher's a showman. He's putting on a show. It's the same shit that Teddy Pendergrass did. Kiki Palmer's boyfriend, he got fried because he went on the internet and did that shit. Um, that, those, those are my words. Not, and I think that's what a lot of people are saying. If he didn't go online and, and say that all that bullshit, then I think it would just be fine. I, 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 I don't know. Because Usher's going to do that. That's That's what you do. Kyle Kuzma's girlfriend got up in his lap or something or just shied away from him when he came he came up um yeah that that's that's all um I don't know how I would feel if that was my lady I I, I don't know if we <laughs> I don't know I don't know if I would have had the money for us to be sitting that close <laughs> I'm like, look, baby, we got we got the ticket. I got you the ticket. Shit. Although I was, I did have floor seats for Erica Badu. And uh, anyway, um, I get I get good tickets, ladies. I I don't I don't try to now see now if they were if SAG if the union was paying us right if the industry was paying us right, I could be if I were dating somebody. You could get Beyonce tickets. I would pay for that, and I wouldn't mind paying for them, you know, because it wouldn't. It's not tricking if you got it, you know what I mean. So yeah, I wouldn't mind getting Beyonce tickets, but whatever. Um, <laughs> okay, so that's that. I hope I hope this shit works out, and I and I don't lie to you guys. I never lie to you and try to act like uh, I'm bigger than I am in this in the business. I always tell you uh, as much as I can tell you from somebody that's trying to trying to get busy and, and do and do his thing. Um, 
as a as a working actor. I never try to make my career sound like it's bigger than it is because I'm somebody who uh, fills out a timesheet uh, for work for a day job that I'm happy to have, and uh, it is it's an honest day's living. Uh, okay, let's do some TV stuff. Um, platonic. I liked it. You know, I'm a. Uh, it's an Apple TV Plus show with uh, Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne. I love Rose Byrne, so I'm gonna watch. She's funny. It's got a little heart to it. It's silly. There's some silly shit that happens. That just ended. I don't know if they're bringing it back. It seemed like it just it ended in a right in a good way. I don't. I don't feel like that's gonna be. A, they're gonna do a season two, but. I'd be I'd watch it if they brought it back because I love Rose Byrne and Seth Rogen's cool. It seems like, it seems like they're. I think I was talking to JL about this, um, like they're trying to make those comedies again. It's not a it's not a movie, but they're trying to do that that being funny, being irreverent, and in a. Uh, I don't know, this is just trying to be funny and irreverent like the um no hard feelings movie it still had it's a, was it a little raunchy yeah but they were it still had heart to it like there's some really good moments in that um i have a couple movies that i'll talk about on patreon maybe we'll see i'm just gonna put it out in the universe i'll see if i can get someone to do um an oppenheimer review and then we'll do a, a letterbox dump for maybe for Patreon. We'll see what we can do about that. Uh, but I'm excited. I got a ticket for Oppenheimer. Every, every all the it's a three hour movie. Everything, all the AMC's were just kind of crowded. I don't like sitting by anybody. I'll get into that a little later. Uh, I'm rambling like shit, but. I was just like, okay, let me go to let me go to the small, let me go to the to the landmark, the nice theater in a small town, still in Bergen County, but I'm just gonna go to this nice little cozy theater, um, and just just go see it there, and hopefully I don't fall asleep. I'm hoping I don't. It's a three hour movie. I'm old. All right. So I like Platonic. I recommend it. 10 episodes on Apple TV Plus. Grownish came back. I think they're three or four, three, four episodes in. Something like that. It's fine. It's on its last leg. Uh it it's fine. It's pleasant. I like it. It's solid. So I watched that on Hulu. Uh and then I started watching Hijack with uh Idris Elba. Pretty solid so far. Um he plays this negotiator that gets on that's on this uh, plane that gets hijacked from Dubai on the way to London uh, and I think I'm on like episode two or three it's pretty good so far um, I'm hoping that he kicks somebody's ass in it but I don't know if it's that type of show I don't know uh, but so far it's pretty good so that's that's TV stuff. Muzak. Um, I was I was visiting my mom for the fourth, taking care of a little bit of business too, and um, and I was driving back 
from Maryland, New Jersey, and I was listening to my my podcast, and I was like, I gotta listen, I gotta listen to some music. So I um, I started listening to this the Killer Mike album, Michael. Holy shit, is that good? It is it is fucking terrific. I always thought Killer Mike was uh, great. Um, I always respected his talent. He kind of had this. He kind of had this resurgence with um, Run the Jewels and everything. And I I enjoyed those projects. I I can't say that I'm the biggest fan of it, but like if it comes, I'm like, oh okay, yeah, all right. And but this album, holy shit, it's fucking terrific. Like sonically, I because I was having car trouble. Sonically, I I I was I was on I was driving a rental. I was driving a twenty twenty two Nissan Altima, which is a great car. And I don't know if you if you ever feel this way. It's like when you if you rent a car and you have a car that's like my Ford Fusion, God rest her. Uh, was a 2016 and it, it was fine like I would listen to music have a great time but then when you upgrade to something that that was like seven years ago and I'm listening to this music and I'm like holy shit sonically it was just like this the, my 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 rear view uh, my uh, my windows were rattling it was fucking it was fucking great I'm driving up 95 um man hard so good like i know he's he doesn't have the best opinions politically and uh people on the internet like kind of uh talk shit about and, and rightfully so and saying maybe whatever the motherfucker nobody ever said he couldn't rap <laughs> he it's like Shut up and rap, Killer Mike. Um, holy shit, is it really good? Wire to wire, fucking hard. Um, so that's great. And then he has like he's got a he's got a, a record. What's the? Let me see. He's got a record where Dave Chappelle does an intro. I think it's called Run. Yeah. It's like the third record on here, and I'm and Dave Chappelle is like, the record's produced by No ID, No ID's all over this, um, so it's like it comes on and Dave Chappelle's like giving this fucking speech, and it's like it's like God damn another problematic fave. It's just like, Jesus Christ, it's it is very good. This is like, this has to be one of the best albums I've heard this year. I mean, I'm, we're halfway through the the year. Only we're at the bottom half now, but this shit is uh, fucking amazing. As far as like a mainstream project is concerned, I I, I thought I, I you know I mentioned uh, Sky Zoo's from the Mind of a Saint. That that to me is amazing. Which a lot of people love Snowfall, and it's 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 in at least in the black culture it's high up there and I think it's a I, I thought it was good I liked it but the way that Sky Zoo just went in and just deep dove into the concept with of that to make a whole album about it was insane and the way that he did the references uh, it's, 
he, he's he's fucking incredible. But as far as a a mainstream rap album, this shit it's terrific. I gotta listen to. I I need to listen to it again. Um, I don't even think like it's cool that Andre three thousand was on this like this scientists and engineers record with um. Future and Aaron Allen Kane. Like, it, it's good and it's cool that he's back. There's rumblings that he might come out with us another album or some shit, but like, that, I don't think that e- that's even the highlight of the album. I think this whole fucking thing is a. This is a monster of an album. It's incredible. Um, I've, I've also listened to Little Dragon. Their album came out last week, Slugs of Love. Um, just solid, strong little dragon. They're they're coming to town in October. It would be nice to see them. Uh, I would like to see them. They're they're playing Brooklyn Steel. I think they had like, I think they have three shows. Like there's two of them that got sold out, so they added a a show on a Monday night, and I saw them. Oh, man, I saw them probably, uh, I don't even know. It was definitely before the pandemic. Uh, I saw them at Brooklyn Bowl, and that was a fun show. If you deep dove in my Instagram, you'd see, like, a clip of them. I don't know. It was like they did something after the governor's ball. I think next year I'm going to try to take my old ass out out to the governor's ball if there's somebody that I want to see. I think I would like to do that. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, Little Dragon. If you like Little Dragon, I think, I think it's good. You know, they got some good jams. And, and I was thinking, like, they got, they had J.I.D. or Jid. I don't know what the kids call this guy. Is it Jid or J.I.D.? So I was, I was thinking about him because he was on one of their songs. I was like, let me listen to this, this Jid or J.I.D. guy again uh, that's a really good album that's fucking strong so good um, but I, I think that's did that come out last year or this year I feel like that came out last year the forever story I think that was 2022 yeah yeah that was last year I gotta listen to his stuff Cause I don't, I don't know all of his, all of his stuff. So yeah. So that killer Mike little dragon also Toro y Moi put out a, a live album live from big Sur. So it's essentially may hall done live, which is his album that came out last year. Um, which kind of came, I mean, I don't know. Like it kind of came and went. he toured, I thought it was a really good album and um I re- he's one of my favorite artists of you know the of artists that I've discovered or just started to like uh, like post 2000. Uh I I think um I'm trying to remember when cuz I went backwards on his stuff. Uh, as far as like I want to say Causers I don't know if Causers of This came out in 2007 or what. No. Oh, okay. Causers of This came out, his very first, 
came out in 2010. Okay. So I kind of put... I put Fonte, Toro y Moi, and St. Vincent as like some of my my favorite artists past the new millennium. You know, obviously you got these great... I don't even know if you... I don't know if that's a... If that's like bad to say somebody like Erica Badu is a legacy act. I think she's still got more in the can if she wants to. She's still selling out arenas. I don't know if you call that a... And then Usher has a... I don't, is that is that me like hold trying to hold on to some form of youth or what? You guys tell me what you think. Because I, I was telling my mom, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to see Erica Badu tonight. And she's like, I think I know who she is. I was like, you might know who she is if you saw her. Um, my dad was more up on shit like that. My mom used to watch Entertainment Tonight, and I don't think she doesn't watch it anymore. I don't even know if that even comes on. But she used to know those celebrities. But you know what? My, they did know because I used to play their shit on my radio show. So I, so I told my mom, I was like, yeah, I'm going to see Erica. She said, I think I know who she is. I was like, yeah, she came out when I was in high school. <laughs> when I was a junior in high school, I was 17 when Baduism came out. That is crazy. It's just, it, it's really not that crazy. It's just life. If you're fortunate enough to live long enough, you could be like, ah, I remember she came out in high, when I was in high school. That shit, like... That is wild. And for her to still be going strong and she sounds... I mean, I think... I even think she might be better than she was like 15 years ago. I mean, aging like a fine wine. I don't know. She... I mean, but back to Toro, I didn't realize that... So he came out like... His debut came out three years after St. Vincent... And seven years after, you know, the first time I heard of Fonte was on uh, a, little, a Little Brother release, which was 0203. Yeah, so those those three artists, every time they put out something, I'm always going to check for. But, like, they kind of hold a special place uh, in my heart. Um, yeah, so Mayhall... But oh, oh what, I, what I was going to say was underneath the pine. That was the first I think still sound was the first record I heard, I think, because somebody on Twitter was kind of making I don't know if they were making fun of him because he was kind of doing some goofy dance. But I was like, this shit sounds good. And there was a clip and I found out who he was. I was like, OK, let me listen. So underneath the pine came out was the first thing that I heard of his that album in 2011, and then I went back to causers of this, and then we we get um, anything in return, which was more of a R and B ish album. Yeah, so um, he's kind of like Andy Clark in that way, where he he can switch up his style a little bit with every project and still kind of remain um you know like kind of remain who he is 
keep his essence as I always talk about on the on the show so yeah I really I really dug dug the live album there's it's up on YouTube there I think he even broke it up into uh, the clips of the songs and stuff just like stand-up comics do so he put out his special on YouTube and then he chopped it up too so and then it's on audience you can get it you know if you listen to apple music spotify or wherever you listen to music it's there so that's that's something if you if you like toro y moi i've you know i've recommended his stuff over the years so i think you'll dig it if you like him so movie wise i saw mission impossible dead reckoning part one let me read the blurb on letterboxd um we all share the same fate Ethan Hunt and his IMF team embark on their most dangerous mission yet to track down a terrifying new weapon that threatens all of humanity before it falls into the wrong hands. With control of the future and the fate of the world at stake and dark forces from Ethan's past closing in, a deadly race around the globe begins. Confronted by a mysterious, all-powerful enemy, Ethan is forced to consider that nothing can matter more than his mission, not even the lives of those he cares about most. Four stars. I liked it. Tom Cruise running. Tom Cruise jumping off of shit. It's great. It's a little long in the tooth, but it's great. So I'm sure that the movies all together is going to be a six-hour experience when the next one comes out. But it's fun. There's some moments that seems like they took from uncharted 2 the video game and they uh amped it up even more i don't know which uncharted was the train there was a train there's a train sequence in a couple of them but there was one that was like holy shit towards the end of the movie and not even him i don't know i'll have to talk to somebody about this what tops the the shit that you see in the trailer when he jumps off the cliff with the bike or something towards the end of the movie um it's it's fun it's action-packed i had a good time seeing it i reckon i mean it's what everybody it's tom cruise in an action movie greatest movie star of all time of all time never had to put on a a a superhero costume not to say that he wouldn't have been offered it but he didn't have to do that shit he's like i'm tom cruise and i'm gonna do this shit I'm going to do this, these stunts myself. He's, uh, and he's like, thanks for coming to the movie, guys. All right, I'm Tom Cruise. You know, he's amazing. He's, he's one of the greats. Protect him at all costs. Um, I went to see this movie, um, was it Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon? And about 25, 30 minutes into the movie, this family comes in. They were black. Uh, they were late and I was like, oh, they took up almost two rows two two almost one row, but they were they were in half this family. They had some kid young kids with them, maybe about nine or ten. Then they had some babies with them. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't notice the baby at first, but there was this couple. uh, So maybe maybe like and thank God, no, they didn't sit by me. I don't like when people sit by me at the theaters unless I'm, they're my guest. 
I mean, we're to, we're unless we've come together or something. And this was before COVID. So they're there late, and maybe twenty minutes into them being there, I hear this woman say, "He's just a baby," and I said, "Oh shit, are they gonna fight?" And uh, and then the the husband or something who's sitting in in the row in front gets up like he's gonna fight somebody and they were actually pretty civil they're like well you need to keep them quiet but the baby was making noise and then the white couple who they were kind of middle-aged they they just left and i guess they got their money back i'd like to think if i were a parent i would not take my baby to an action movie. I don't think I would take my baby to a movie. I just wouldn't do it. Out of respect for the other theater goers. I just wouldn't fucking do it. Now, as much as I love movies, I like to think my my, my focus would shift. I have a, I have a, a buddy that I did theater with that I was on um, Broadway with. We were He called me up and we were talking. And every time he's like, oh, Chris, would you see any movies? Would you see? And we're talking, oh, I wish I could go. This is my kids. You know, he's got toddlers. It's just, he's just like, I, I just don't, th- I was like, oh, man, I, I missed that. I'll just have to catch it on VOD or something. I guess I, I would just be that guy that just had, oh, we didn't see it yet. Oh, I want to see that. We didn't see it yet. Oh, man. They kind of live vicariously through you a little bit sometimes. I would just, my, my fucking priorities would change. Or I would get a babysitter or something. I wouldn't take my little kids to the movies. Not especially not to see fucking Mission Impossible where shit's blowing up. Then there's a fucking kid, another toddler, who's who's like I don't know, who's like uh, she's a, ki- a kid, adorable kid, but in the context of me trying to watch and enjoy this movie, she's sitting by her mother like. T- three or four rows, maybe two or three seats away, playing a fucking game on the phone. And then the kid's fucking talking. You don't take those, you don't take kids to movies like, first of all, I probably wouldn't, I don't know how old the kids gotta be. I would say like maybe five or six, to be honest. I don't know. I'd have to talk to other parents about that, but I would not be taking them to an action movie like that where people are getting shot. People are, uh, you know, stuff is exploding and loud noises. I, I don't I don't fucking get it. I don't get it. It's 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 selfish. It's selfish is what it is. All right. Etiquette. People don't care. This country's decaying at its core. And we need to stop it. Don't bring your baby to fucking Mission Impossible. A new, I think of like a a three or four month old and a toddler. The other kids, if the kids are like seven or eight, I get that. That's fine. And those kids were behaved. And the little adorable three or four year old was well behaved. But it's like, you turn your fucking phone on. I went to see a movie on Sunday. I don't even know if the guy was supposed to be at that in the theater. But I'm sitting all the way in the back of the theater. 
and this guy comes in and he start he comes late and he's on his phone. I wanted to throw one of my I didn't have an M&M. I wanted to throw something at him because he just kept opening up his phone. You could still see the light from the phone. I wanted to just like bean him with something like that little little girl that nailed Mike Pence in the head at that parade. Look. Did he deserve it? Yes. Would I have, I wouldn't have done that. I don't, I still don't think it's right. Part of me feels that way. Part of me's like, damn, he got being she was accurate with that shit. She's that's like an NFL drill just or just like that girl's going to be a good outfielder one day. But if that kid if that kid was black, I think that kid would be in jail. Anyway, um, yeah, so all in all, don't bring your baby to the movies. Don't bring your baby or toddler to the movies. What is that? There's something going on. Anyway, uh, Tom Cruise is the greatest movie star of all time. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think I've blabbed enough for this week. Everyone... Thank you so much for listening. I will be, if you're in Brooklyn, I'll be at the at Pete's Candy Store doing stand-up. I think at 9.30? It's a late show. 9.30-10, Pete's Candy Store, Funhouse Comedy Show. Going to try to make that happen. The last time the air quality was fucked up, I wasn't going to go. Then they canceled the show anyway, so good. Then the time before, uh, it was Christmas time, and nobody showed up, so... Seven months in the making, hopefully, uh, I will get to perform at that spot and do some stand-up. Stand-up? Stand-up, make some people laugh. On the 27th? I think on the 27th, I'm going to be in Staten Island, home of Pete Davidson, doing the Manny and Friends show at the Flagship Brewing Company at 9 o'clock. So that's always a fun show. I'll be there. And in August, I will be from August 12th through the 16th. I will be at the Borgata slanging them jokes. So those are some dates. If you're in the area, check me out. Get tickets or show up or whatever you do. And I'll, that's where I'll be. And um Everybody in the WGA and the SAG stay strong and uh, hopefully this gets resolved and we can get back to work. We can get back to doing what we do best. Everybody, thank you for listening and I will talk to you all next time. Take it easy, everybody.